Welcome to Rocks Fall Everyone Dies Wine and Spirits Edition. This is the suggestion box, or as I prefer to think of it, the circular file, uh, where my players can complain about their DM to their DM. And today, I have Tommy with me. Hello. I love complaining. Yes. <laughs> Tommy, actually, for the third time recording, the previous two attempts are lost to the ether forever. We will never see them again. Yeah. <sighs> it's a little sad. It's it's also not very surprising with uh, the history that our editing software has, but it, it hurts nonetheless. Oh, well. I know. Yeah. That's okay. So... Hopefully this one doesn't get corrupted or lost. We do have, like, three backup recordings going, so maybe? Finger-crossed emoji? I mean, if this doesn't work, I mean, I'm going to give up all hope, which would be quite exciting, so I guess we'll see how it works out. I mean, I've been trying to break your spirit for so long, if all I knew that it would take... <laughs> If I knew that all it would take was to lose another, a third recording, then I would have just made some things disappear, but... I mean, third time is the charm. Absolutely, yeah. That is an adage that is used frequently. Yeah, it's definitely a proverb. I think I've heard it once before. I, I think it's pronounced proverb. Is it proverb? It's proverb. I live in Miami where no one says anything correctly, so it doesn't really matter. I'm from Miami, and I say plenty of things correctly. <laughs> I don't put emphasis on the wrong syllable ever. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that entire sentence was, was syllable, and I, I be, you know, syllable sounds like a great wood elf name. You know what? You can have it. It's yours. I, I, oh, I, I... yeah. <laughs> great. I need to make another warlock, another elven no warlock. No more warlocks. No more warlocks. They're too hard to build story around. <laughs> I think that they're the easiest to build story around. That's interesting you say that. They're basically a Mad Lib class. That is true. That is absolutely true. This character, noun, sure, sure, has a pact with this adverb, adverb, adjective, adjective, patron, sure, noun, and has these list of features, and it's just like, you pick from a word bank, and it's just the ill-trichifications. That's exactly what it is. I mean, here's the thing. Warlock is the only class that I have... I wouldn't say no interest in whatsoever, but it's one of the ones where wow. whenever I'm thinking of building a character, I never think of Warlock wow, even, like, really? third. Wow, that's a bold state. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's fine. You're definitely entitled to your opinion, but it's, it's such a weird uh, statement. I have nothing against the Warlock <laughs> per sure. se. Sure. It's just that it doesn't come to mind first and foremost. Like, if I want to build a character that burns things to the ground i want to go sorcerer or wizard i would go wizard yeah <laughs> yeah i want to go sorcerer or wizard if i want a character that beats the living tar out of things sure i want a fighter or a barbarian i would go monk actually it's interesting you say that monks have all kinds of weird like extra mobility stuff yeah and they do a lot of extra attacks but if you want just raw melee physical damage fighter and barbarian are where it's at i mean also paladin is where it's at if you want raw damage there's mystical stuff assigned sure to that. sure you're, you're talking about like pure martial is what you yes mean. I, I have built a paladin once <laughs> I, I have built a paladin where i was Hakler, Paladin of Vengeance. How do you spell that? H apostrophe K L E R. <laughs> okay. This is Hakler. You have no honor. <laughs> I love how extra all of like the Paladin PCs that I hear of are. <laughs> okay. Well, it's I don't know. It's one of those things. I mean, I I I guess I got into it with Banked as well, where high charisma means that people follow you without any real reason why and, and uh, players love to deal with character juxtapositions of like oh i'm really strong but i'm a gnome or i'm really charismatic but i'm not a very nice person or i don't know it's it's uh i will admit that i like coming up with an idea mm -hmm. and then just running with it like for example Hakler, the paladin, is essentially a Klingon. I, I, I built a Klingon. 
<laughs> and what, what race was it in fantasy setting? Uh, it was a half orc. Sure, sure. Because of the pop back up with one HP when you drop below. Relentless endurance. Yes, relentless endurance. Thank you. Because this is a good day to die. Um, just getting right up in their face. <laughs> I think this was a level five battle royale game that we were running because like nobody wanted to run their game for the night. Sure. This was a couple of months before the pandemic struck. So I it, forgive me. It's a little hazy at this point. It's been so long, and I've and we've been so lonely um was was this the group that you played the kenku with yeah 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 yeah. and where where i met lena yeah yeah but yeah hakler the paladin i was one of the last two in that battle royale oh wow i lost by the way because i used up all of my paladin abilities dropping one character and i think i did like 103 damage in a round oh man oh they just do massive damage but afterwards they are spent yeah they're completely out so if you just want to drop something real fast then you build a paladin and then hope for the best well anyways i just want to say how much i love warlocks and how much versatility that you have to do crazy stuff I, a while ago, created a warlock who could use literally any single ritual spell in anybody's spell list. They're so versatile and bizarre, is the end of my statement, basically. And we went around that statement the long way, but that is the end of the statement. I file warlocks under the same file as Bloodhunter, a class for D&D created by Matthew Mercer. Praise be. Praise be. It's a class that seems like it would be really cool and has really interesting aesthetic implications mm-hmm. or story implications, but is just really kind of complicated for me. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. It, I, I, I don't really understand invocations that well. I, I understand that they are effectively just sort of modifiers to what you already do. They're just extra features, really. I guess it's like warlock-specific feats. Yeah, that's that's exactly what they are. Like how feats exist now, there's a subtle few in which every D&D character will most likely choose. Things like Lucky, things like Sentinel, things like Mage Slayer. So there are also common warlock invocations that people naturally choose. Things like Agonizing Blast. Which causes more damage, as I understand it. Yeah. I, I, I know that there is a way to build a warlock that can hit things with an Eldritch Blast from like a mile away. Yeah, that's Eldritch... Spear, I think, is plus 300 feet. Wait, plus 300 feet to an already 120-foot cantrip? No, sorry. It goes up to 300 feet, excuse me, which is still pretty far. I mean, that's a football field. Yeah. That's a literal football field. It's pretty far, man. American football. So here's the thing. I had, you, I mean, we were talking about Bloodhunters originally. I created a Bloodhunter named Iravel a while ago who had sharpshooter with longbow, which allowed him to hit up to 600 feet away without disadvantage. Wait, so how does that work with the Bloodhunter? Do you just cut your palm and, like, squeeze it into your quiver or something? My flavor, because it's flavor, my flavor was that I had a hip quiver, and so whenever I took an arrow out, I would uh, slash it against my palm, and as I would uh, notch the arrow, it would empower the bow, and as long as I don't let go of the bow, it is empowered. And I don't have to cut my hand again, basically. I see. Here's my thing. I understand in movies and TV that they're always cutting their palms or whatever. The palm is a terrible place for a wound. Like, it's a terrible place. Especially if you're a fighter and holding something. Cut your forearm or something. And I mean, realistically, if you're empowering the bow, it's called, uh, what's it called? It's called crimson right, I think. If you crimson right your bow... You're not using the arrow. So I was actually using it incorrectly. What I would do now is I would have blades at the end of my longbow and slash my uh, my uh, foreleg or something. That's not not my calf, but uh, in front of my calf. Your shin. My shin, thank you. Yeah, I would, I would cut my shin and it would empower the bow with that 1d4 self-damage. Tibia for the win. <laughs> Anatomy and physiology is one of the subjects I teach, so. And I don't, so thank you for that, Scott. And you never took my class. <laughs> no, I never. No. Nope, 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 nope. You were never in my class. Jin was. Yeah, Jin was. Oh, which, by the way, I talked to Jin before we started recording this. They say hi. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to Jin by the end of today. Thank you for telling me. That's nice. Mm-hmm. 
by the time this airs, we will be at the end of an arc. Oh. We will be at the end of the Night on the Town arc. Yes, 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 yes. We did lose your audio for the very, very end of your arc, where you basically- Again. <laughs> you spent the night in town, and then you woke up, and you got the We Regret to Inform You telegram from the Our Holy Matron of Commerce Bank of Bohm's Landing. Oh my god. I loved that so much, by the way. I created a telegram based on the Civil War telegrams when a soldier is killed in action. Yeah. We regret to inform you that th- those sorts of things. I love how how insincere it was from bureaucratic standing, how dry it was. And I mean, I guess that's how it was back then, but it was really funny to hear in a fantasy setting. It's the only reference that I could think of that for like an official document. Yeah, well, I'm, yes. Our Holy Matron of Commerce, Bank of Bohm's Landing, is a lawful neutral organization if we're going to use the D&D parlance. So it's got to be letter of the law. It has to hold up in court. This is an official document. And official documents have that sort of... uh, Dryness. Have that dryness to them. That legalese. Sure. And I do appreciate verisimilitude in my games, It is like life. There are systems in place in a world that when someone dies, all kinds of paperwork has to happen. Sure. All manner of stuff needs to actually go on behind the scenes. Those systems exist, and I'm trying to utilize those systems and bring them to the game because, quite frankly, your characters died. You are officially dead dead. Yeah. Well, Sanjana, who went to a bar and, like, oh, everybody thought, that she, oh, well, we haven't seen you in a while, kind of a thing. But, of course, she didn't talk to anybody. It was just about being seen. Yeah. I know that we asked this question when we did the previous recording that was lost to the ages. Oh. <laughs> but how, how do you feel about being undead? Um, so, you know, it's interesting that we talk about this because it's, it was a surprise to the players. I tried very hard to make sure that it was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you were the, if you, the listener, go back to episode three and listen to that ending part where everyone's reactions are going and you hear Lena going, oh, oh, and you hear (laughs) the Sombra being like, what, really? Are you kidding me? And I don't remember Jin's reaction. Tommy is dead silent. Tommy's completely silent. Yeah. And in the video portion, when we were looking at each other during all of this, I could just see a deadpan expression, either seething anger or just numbness. And I can't tell which. It, it was neither. It was like calculation because I was trying to figure out what you would do next. Because if you want to know my actual thought process, I thought we were going to do full Avernus and go into like the afterlife oh and go from there that was actually my thought process i i'm not particularly interested in heaven and hell per se admittedly there are devils and demons in the game yeah but that's like mechanically and sure there are story purposes for devils because anyone who is listening carefully to the Sanjana portion of Rise Up, episode four. Mm-hmm. That's a devil that Khaled is working with. <sighs> Terrifying. They've gone half seas on Sanjana's soul. I love devils. I love hags. I love Rakshasas. I love Yugoloths. Rakshasa! I, I think they're so cool. I just, I can't. I think they're so cool. I love the idea of like the river sticks. I'm so glad you like us, Bent. <laughs> it's very pleasant for me to know that I have. A fan. Well, you know, I love the voice. Truly, I do. I mean, you, you could do a little bit more sprucing up with your public image. But truly, I think you're on the right track. <laughs> no, but sincerely, I love the whole D&D 5e world building regarding the outer planes. Oh, yeah, the blood war and the, yeah, all that stuff. Oh, it's so cool. I just, yeah, the I'm... blood war is kind of cool. I might dabble in it. As, as far as I'm concerned, in my homebrew setting, Sure. devils and demons have sort of a professional courtesy. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, okay, yeah. Yeah, demons, their whole thing is like blood, death, destruction of the mortal plane and all that stuff. Devils are more about uh, subjugation and bartering and gathering souls, but it's sort of like, you stay out of my way, I'll stay out of your way. If we come into contact, yeah, we're going to butt heads on this, but basically, I- I'm leaving the blood war stuff a little bit alone. Sure, Because sure. there's a whole lot it's of so. Water. It's so deep. It goes so deep, and it doesn't stop, and it just keeps I'm going. I'm still not finished reading about the quarry, which is a whole separate thing related to Bambi's human-ishness, which we, yeah. we have actually discussed before, or at least you and Bambi discussed that, I believe. Yeah. 
a little bit, barely. I didn't want to press it too much because we want the audience to hear new stuff for the first time during sessions. I appreciate that. But I I'm glad to hear that you weren't angry, because I honestly thought that you were, like, truly upset. Uh, no. So, whenever I'm surprised, I go into emergency mode. Emergency mode means I don't give out any facial expressions that would suggest how I'm thinking. Truthfully, it wasn't just the hypothesis of afterlife. It was also, oh, are we reincarnated into different people and now we're doing a different campaign? I did say we'll begin next session as undead. Yes, but I meant before that, before you said oh. undead. I was just trying to figure out the flavor of what you're trying to do. And then when I heard undead, I personally, as Tommy, don't like creepy crawly things, don't like gross things. And so it's a conversation that you and I need to have over the flavor of fantasy. When the rules are changed suddenly, it's a little bit of a breach of contract, but we were able to get back on it again. And it's fine now. It was a struggle coming to a consensus about what your undeadness would look like. Yeah. And then eventually we, we agreed basically on the same thing, which is goo. I love oozes, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of oozes and whatnot, we've seen how banked feeds, how there's engulfing and consumption thing and then a slow digestion over time. You're essentially that green three-eyed alien from Futurama. You want to know a better, at least I think, a better analogy that I figured out like very recently? The chick from... Uh, Men in Black 2 in the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no, no. That wasn't recently. You came to that conclusion during episode five. Oh, after really? After ate the dude. It's yeah. really funny because I must have said that and then I forgot about it. And then I had another epiphany <laughs> that, that it was that, which is yeah. even funnier. <laughs> but that's really more of like a massive snake vine type thing. So. Well, no, I meant her eating the dude and then being basically pregnant. Like her voring him. Pot belly banked. Yeah, pot belly banked. You made that exact reference in the episode. I know it's been a while since we recorded it. It's been a while since I've listened to it. It's been 10 weeks since that episode actually came out. So yeah, yeah fair, fair. That's really funny though. And I mean, thank you for not having the, not having the imagery of banked, boring people. <laughs> uh, rather than just absorbing is a, a little bit more palatable. Have you seen those videos, those like, uh, those oddly satisfying videos where they put that black magnetic ooze oh. and the magnet right next to it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. Oh, that's a great analogy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. My headcanon for your ooziness was the Venom symbiote. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot like how it looks like, except instead of a full-fledged dude in there, it's more of just your skeleton, your yeah. pearlescent Asimar bones, yeah. which I've decided that Asimar bones are pearlescent. Which I love. I think that's great. In which case, uh, curiously, are tiefling bones charred or red or well all bones are red in surgery if you look at bones they are blood red because guess what's all up in those bones blood oh that's that's interesting bones are where the blood comes from yeah that's so it's even more interesting that asimar bones are pure white or pure pearlescent white or uh... Have you seen Mother of Pearl? I've heard of Mother of Pearl. I've never actually seen it, so I can't say that I have. Uh, have you eaten shellfish? Ugh, yes, unfortunately. Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, like, shiny blue-green and white. Yeah. That's Mother of Pearl. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Hmm. I would love <laughs> a Cthulhu pulp one-shot where we, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull find a whole bunch of Asmar bones and have to bring <laughs> bring pearlescent bones to a shrine or something. That's all I can think of right now. Maybe one of these summers we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. It's probably not going to be first up on the docket. No, no. Here's the thing. I know that the Call of Cthulhu, the actual like tabletop RPG Call yeah. of Cthulhu mechanics, they're more strict with their copyright and such. So it's really a, a little bit harder for us oh, to... I don't know if I knew that. These were some of the considerations that I went through the first time you offered a Call of Cthulhu one-shot sure. for the podcast uh, channel. Sure. But I know that there are supplemental materials by third-party publishers to create Cthulhu 
uh, monsters and old gods and what have you, as well as a sanity mechanic and various things, and incorporate them into the 5e rule set. So I know huh. that exists. Okay. Interesting. And it might be worthwhile someday to do a 5e Cthulhu one-shot, but not for a while. That's sure. We're still doing our story. We still have to get through season one. All kinds of stuff is going to happen. But I don't know. Maybe maybe the summers. Okay. Sure. You know what? The more I think about it, the more I'm liking this idea of using one-shots for our summer vacations. Okay. Because we're teachers and students. I know that you're a college student. Mm -hmm. DeSombra, Alina, and I are various different age levels of teachers. And Jen just graduated and is now working on trying to get into grad school. Um, you know what? Actually, that brings me to a... We're, we're going to put a pin in this topic of Cthulhu okay. one-shots. And, uh, and you're a film major? So because of COVID and quarantine right now, I was a film major and now I'm doing business classes to pass the time because I don't feel right taking online film courses, personally. That's the future of film, isn't it? Online as in um, studying about how to do cinematography without actually having a camera. I see. Like, I don't feel right getting points for, from those courses or hours from those courses. Is that going to be delaying your graduation at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, that's okay. Business was always a backup anyways. Uh, I took a lot of the same core classes, so it, it should be fine. I should be fine. All right. Well, I mean, how's that going for you? It's going well. I'm taking my first wave of accounting and marketing courses, which are exciting. Great. Maybe you can give me some pointers on how to find more listeners. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Sure. Our listeners should share like subscribe whatever platform you're listening to this on you should listen on another platform and then tell your friends to listen on those platforms too and yeah listener also just, five star reviews those are helpful we just shame them is that a great marketing technique i don't know you tell me you're taking the business classes we should shame them i'm a science teacher what do i know about business <laughs> tibias are a great bone to have <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's better than just having a fibula for your leg bone. Then it's not going to hold very much weight. Oh, just thinking of it snapping is terrifying. How do we get here? <laughs> I don't know. I, I never know. Well, I just show up places. So to bring it back a little bit, because I've just been thinking about it, the Dungeon Master's Guide near the end of the book has rules for sanity. It does? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to grab my Dungeon Master's Guide. Okay, well, as you do it, I'm going to grab my Dungeon Master's Guide as well. All right, so monster features, modifying classes. Let's go in the index. Random dungeons. Sanity. 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 <laughs> Far more painful for each. <laughs> Always two steps behind, four feet below, both out of reach. Sanity. It's 265. Let's see. 265. All right, let's go. <laughs> Welcome to Wine and Spirits Dungeon Master's Guide Book Club. So, new ability scores, honor and sanity. So Honor and sanity. Ooh. I will never use any of them, but okay. It has a picture of like a samurai with a raven next to it. Sanity and honor? You said 265, right? Mm-hmm. 264, 265. Okay. Madness. Poison purchasing. Going mad. Madness effects. That's on 258. Absent characters, level advancements, and milestones. Oh, which do you prefer, milestone or XP? I prefer milestone, personally. I think it makes more sense. It makes more sense for a podcast, for sure. Yeah. You and I aren't that different from DMing. Whenever I DM, I level up my players by big storytelling points. Anytime that they make great headway, or anytime they do anything important, or have a huge checkpoint in the interactive story that we're all weaving together, that's when I give them all a level up, when I feel like they've deserved it. Yeah, I prefer to do it at the end of large story plot points. Yeah. For example, when you died, that's a level up. <laughs> you always bring it back. Bring it I back. I mean, listen, it happened. <laughs> so this honor and sanity stuff. Their ability scores. It's interesting because in the Call of Cthulhu rulebook, they give you sanity as points that you can take away. Hmm. 
that makes sense because, as I understand it with the Call of Cthulhu mechanics, it's a percentile roll every time. Yeah. And so your ability to make checks is directly affected by that. Yeah. With the sanity checks, it just looks like there's a punishment for failing sanity saving throws. It, it looks like this isn't super fleshed out. No. I, I know there's supplemental third-party published books about adding Call of Cthulhu sanity stuff into D&D 5e. Yeah. So I will do some more research on that, and I feel like that's as good a place as any for... And suddenly, a commercial break. <laughs> da 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 <laughs> Hey, Jen. Hey, I happen to have a Twitch channel. Oh, do you? Yeah, I was wondering if you wanted to play some Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy? What's that? It's a daddy dating simulator. I was thinking as a wonderful Valentine's Day surprise that we could sit down and create a daddy. Oh, a daddy of my very own. A daddy of our very own. How about we do it on the 13th? February 13th? The weekend of Valentine's Day? That sure sounds like a daddy date. A whole daddy date for our daddy daddy dreams. If you'd like to catch us dating some daddies, join us on Gin Stream. I'm Phantom Quill on Twitch. Let me see if I can remember how to spell Phantom Quill. P-H-A-N-T-O-M-Q-U-I-L-L on Twitch. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That reminds me, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, this evening, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Jin and Desombra are going to be doing a stream on Jin's Twitch channel. Will you be there, Tommy? I will be there. I'm actually really excited. I'm not going to spoil the stream, but they've been talking to me <laughs> a little bit about what kind of daddy they're going to create, and um, <laughs> I... I, I have some thoughts, so... So, I, I know how the game works, but I wonder what that means. Like... The character creation screen? Yeah. You choose your features, you choose your accessories, hair color, your hairstyle, that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Your body I just, type? I just mean that that sounded really ominous. <laughs> 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 well, you know me, I'm all about ominous. That's true. That is absolutely true. And I'm all about being glib and, like, that's literally banked. If you, our dear listener, is listening to this on the morning that this comes out, this evening... At 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That will be streaming. And I think we put up the actual time for it on our Twitter and our Facebook and our Instagram, which our Instagram is RFED Podcast, our Facebook is RFED Pod, and our Twitter is at RFED Pod. We also have a YouTube channel, which is, it's RFED Podcast. We don't put a lot on there. I know that we have some of our, our funny little teasers up there, for sure. Yeah. Jin's stream, if you aren't able to catch it the day this comes out, February 13th, then you can always watch it on the VOD mm -hmm. on their Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash phantomquill. Phantom, P-H-A-N-T-O-M, quill, like a bird quill, Q-U-I-L-L. I'm glad that you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. It'll be so much fun in the comments section. Yeah, absolutely. I love pestering them. <laughs> it's 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 one of life's simplest pleasures. I was about to subscribe to Jin's channel when I suddenly got gifted a sub, and I'm not sure why oh, that happened, but that's exciting. I'll take it. I'll take the free month. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll subscribe next month. Do you have any projects that you're working on? Uh, I do, but none of them are going to come out anytime soon. So I guess we'll just keep you updated with that. <laughs> um, yeah, they are slow in the working. Yeah, anytime that one of us is going to be doing a thing, you, dear listener, will hear about it. Yes, indeed. At least anything in the public eye. Mm -hmm. You know what? I want to bring it back, circling back. Sure.
to your thoughts on the episode so far. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I love all the directions that you've taken this in. You and I have talked about this before. Splitting up the party. It's difficult for a party to develop together when when we've broken up so many times. And you said it's because it's easier to record and stuff? Is, is that what's going on? It's easier to roleplay? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of reasons. The reason number one, it's really, really hard to schedule yeah. this many people yeah. to be in one place for a large enough section of time. So it's easier if I am just able to record solo sessions with people. Yeah. In the middle of a school year, too. Which in the is... middle of a school year, it's a freaking nightmare. Yeah. And splitting the party also serves a narrative function as well, because mm -hmm. each of you is going through your own stuff right now. Yeah. Each of you is coming to terms with something in their own way. And splitting the party and creating custom scenarios for each person makes it easier to give each character airtime for processing. Sure. I know Greg is having existential crises, and Greg being paired off with Bambi, it brings out a sort of paternal side for Greg Definitely. that's helping the character process. Yeah. With Bambi, seeing the kinder side of Bambi to party members and NPCs, like the scene with Gina, wouldn't have happened if everybody else had been there. Mm -hmm. To be perfectly honest, I was expecting them to eat Gina. Yep. I mean, she was the easy pickings. Yep. Another way in which my characters have, have defied my expectations. I think at one point you mentioned something in your Wine and Spirits episode with Lena... Um, that you thought that I didn't expect you guys to beat the Umber Hulk? Yeah. yeah. No, I absolutely did. I totally expected okay. you guys to be able to do it. It's the reason why I gave you Brett and Chet in the beginning. Sure. I knew that an Umber Hulk is a CR5, and I had you guys as four level three characters. There just wasn't enough action economy. But yeah. when you start adding two more actions to the initiative order, two more Brobarians... Yeah then suddenly you outpace the Umber Hulk's ability to deal damage and you split up the Umber Hulk's attention. So I, I created a situation where um, that Umber Hulk was not going to defeat you. Yeah, especially for a creature that is so based on crowd control. It really is. And yeah. Bambi was really clutch in that fight. I had planned on that Umber Hulk being super mobile, going through like that honeycomb of tunnels and whack-a-mole popping up and grabbing you from different locations, pulling people in and like spitting them back out in a different place and having them take fall damage. Like I had all kinds of crazy stuff planned. It's like a nightmare version of like the Scooby-Doo hallway. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nope. Entangling vines, anchored in place, letting you guys just wail on them. And you have a healer in your party. Yep. So I knew mechanically, unless the dice completely went against you, that it would be very difficult for you guys to actually not win that fight. Yeah. And I mean, oh, more than a healer, we have a main healer, too. Yeah, I we mean, got a druid. Yeah. Which, druids can be all manner of different things. And Jin is not using Bambi's full power. No. Especially the Circle of Spores stuff, where they just do crazy amounts of melee damage. Yep. I'm actually really excited to see in character Bambi figure out she can keep up the pace with the rest of her cohorts in dealing damage. Yeah, I, Bambi originally was going to be Circle of the Moon, and we discussed and determined that Circle of Spores was a neat way to bring about Bambi's undead nature. Yeah. But... Uh, I just think that this party is so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many cool things about this party. Yeah. Not just your undead abilities, but how those undead abilities manifest, manifest with the new mechanics. And yeah. I, I'm just really excited for the stuff that we're going to get to do in Season 1 and the stuff that I'm building for Season 2. I'm really excited about this. By the way, did you hear about D&D &D Beyond released uh, a new set of Unearthed Arcana uh, spooky... Uh, races, uh, <gasps> races. If only it had come out a year ago. <laughs> I know. 
it was it's Dampier, which is like a like a uh, half vampire, yeah, yeah, watered down vampire. No, a Dampier is actually like a a thing in folklore. Oh, is it? I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, it's That's it's cool. when a vampire and a human make a baby. Uh, there are Hexbloods, which is like a uh, person tainted by the powers of a hag. That would have been interesting. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. And there's something else that I'm it's it's killing me. Either that or it just doesn't exist. I'm pretty sure there's something else. But it's it's really interesting to think about that. Uh, uh, yeah, but I, it's too late now. It's too late now. Don't get me wrong, but it, you know, spooky stuff. Spoopy. Spoopy. I love. I love. I love spoopy. I love mildly spoopy. Like creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah, like creepy pasta. Like early Lovecraft, Edgar Allan Poe, psychologically spoopy. I do enjoy The Cask of Amontillado. It is one of my favorite Poe stories, simply because dude didn't deserve that. No. What the heck, man? Yeah, and that is why you never get drunk during an Italian carnival. That is, that's the moral of the story. He had to well, come. Banked can never get drunk again. That so. is really sad. Poor Banked is trying to learn how to make kombucha now. <laughs> uh, it's like a fi- it's like a point five percent alcohol tea. <laughs> It's so... All you need to do is find a kombucha oh, scogie. God, yeah. You know what? Now that I know that you want it, I can make that happen for you. Just you wait. Season two. I really wanted to roleplay banked awkwardly asking. Um, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> awkward, awkward. <laughs> It's like, hey, you know, I know that you have a, I know that you have like a downstairs. I was wondering if we can make a greenhouse so that way I can learn how to make, <laughs> I can learn how to make kombucha, and then just expecting, expecting him to say no. Oh, I honestly thought that you were gonna go with that awkward conversation with Bambi about asking for some of her fungus. No, 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 that's even better, though. That's even better. Like, hey, Bambi, uh, jeez, how do I ask this? Do you know what kombucha is? (laughs) (laughs) I really want this Season two, man. Season two. Season two. two. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, folks, you've heard it here (laughs) first. (laughs) Speaking of season two, that reminds me. I need NPC names, and you, dear listeners, can provide them to me. How, you might ask? That's a great question. <laughs> Th- thank you for riffing with me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you want me to say. You paused to let me speak. And I was like, <laughs> yes, if you comment now, we will either take your usernames or you can submit a, a fantasy name of your own, maybe your own PC that you love to play with, and uh, we will substitute them into our stories. Uh, into specifically Is that what this... we're doing? I thought we were just taking five-star reviews and using the, the usernames. The username. I was wondering about this. I mean, if you want to make a suggestion of NPC names, then you can absolutely add us on Twitter. Or maybe your own D&D PC names might be interesting. Yeah. Have a little I mean, I'd much prefer if I got a five-star review out of it from you, but if you don't have Apple Podcasts, for example, and you're on... Uh, I don't know. I don't think Spotify actually lets you uh, no, I don't think they leave do. reviews. iHeartRadio doesn't. A, a lot of those podcast apps actually don't don't let you leave reviews. Uh, so, listeners, what you should do is that you should email Scott directly with your... <laughs> you can actually email us at rfedpod at gmail.com. You can, in fact, do that. And we will be excited to read your emails, so you should totally do that. Yeah, uh, right now, all that I get on that email address is uh, Pinterest and Reddit saying, oh. hey, look at some <laughs> more D&D maps. But yeah, we can either use your username, or if you want to submit a uh, fantasy name somehow through one of our services, you can absolutely do so. Yeah, I know that we also have an email list on the website. Like, if you scroll down all the way to the bottom of the page, you can actually put in your email, and you can get updates and things. I'm not really the one who does that. That's really more of our social media manager, DeSombra's thing. Mm -hmm. But if you use all of the various methods to contact us, I definitely need a lot of NPC names. I have, like, several towns to populate. I am still angry that you made me write down 
what was it neil charlie uh, or neil and 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 it was like, nicholas philip and charles nicholas philip and charles that's what it was i was so angry at the end of it you're, you're like yeah you know npc and i'm like ah oh, you were doing so well you could have just said said those names and i wouldn't have been angry but you had to say npc afterwards so yes uh, listeners i please. cut that out of the episode by the way me, oh me, did me you telling you i oh, have to let our listeners figure now... it out for themselves so i'm gonna have to cut that out now no no you should keep it this is no. great prime material for them to see who you who you really are. <laughs> uh, I make a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was really funny, but it made me angry. <laughs> I, I thought it was great, but it made me angry. Uh, <laughs> it's under the same lines as like Eugene or Gene, as in generic. I'm trying to think of like generic elven names. They're just riffs off of the Lord of the Ring names. Really? Generic. <laughs> Oh. Unnecessary apostrophes. <laughs> yeah, for elven names, absolutely. By the way, good band name, Unnecessary Apostrophes. Ooh, that is good. My favorite indie band is the Oxford Comma. The Oxford Comma. I do like the Oxford Comma. Now I, I'm actually wondering if that exists, because it sounds like it would exist. It doesn't look like Oxford Comma is a band. It looks like it's a song by Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend? Yeah. I have not heard that name in a long time. Yeah. Long time. Which, by the way, I'm mad at you. I'm mad at me. Yes, you. You have denigrated Star Trek and Supernatural. <laughs> Yeah. On this podcast, no less. Yeah. I had to edit in an editor's note saying that your <laughs> views are not shared by this podcast. Live long and prosper and carry on my wayward son. Yeah, yeah. A live long, wayward son, prosper. And no, 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 no. You don't get to do this. No, no. This is me being mad at you. Uh, I'll, I'll live. It's fine. Ah. Uh. It's okay. Don't relax. denigrate my fandoms. Relax. It's okay. Let loose. Don't yuck man. my yums. You need to let go. Just let go. Let go, my wayward there, son. There is a. Oh God, no. I don't know what that means. I found this recently when Lena and I were sending like videos back and forth to each other because Lena and I are, are big Star Trek nerds. Sure. Lena sent me drop it like it's Spock. <laughs> Sure. And I sent her back Klingon style, which is a Gangnam style parody in Klingon. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. That it's fantastic. Uh, Every part of it from top to bottom. <laughs> so here's the thing. Star Trek is so expansive that I just I can't get into it because there's so much of it. My first episode of Star Trek was episode of Star Trek Voyager. Sure. Where a giant space slug type thing is trying to mate with the ship. That was my introduction to Star Trek. You know, it's funny. My introduction to Doctor Who was the worst episode. I'm talking about modern Doctor Who, not classic. Right, the 2005 y yes, yeah. restart. My first introduction to Doctor Who was literally the worst episode. It's Midnight, the one where 10th Doctor gets mind-controlled, and it's up to like the rest of the people in the, in the space cabin to solve the conflict oh the one with the sun creatures yeah 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 and it was like oh god i hated that episode december and i talked about this also in a previously aired episode that we just run out of time i stopped around like a year away from the end of matt smith's run oh matt oh. smith is the 11th doctor david tennant is the ninth doctor christopher eccleston is the sorry christopher eccleston is the ninth doctor david tennant is the 10th doctor yes and i the guy from uh his name is peter capaldi yeah peter capaldi gosh i'm so sorry my fellow whovians i, I just <laughs> i just haven't watched his doctor run it's it's pretty good and the current doctor I, I i've heard good things i really have but it's one of those things where i have to watch it in sequence i can't watch it out of order i like her i don't like the writing oh well yeah, that's not true I, I like the writing i don't like the cinematography style it just it irks me well i mean then just watch another episode and it'll change yeah yeah. These long-running sci-fi shows like Star Trek and Doctor Who and all Carry these on other... Carry My Wayward Son, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> all of them have different directors for, like, per episode. A season may have, like, as many as... 
15 directors in a in a 15 episode season so the the problem with the 14th doctor 14th or 13th doctor her whatever her name well, is i forgot her name technically she might be the 14th doctor because That's the war true. doctor isn't count now i'm going full hoovian and uh, also also there is the the sleeping child or whatever it's called so she's technically more than that but, but totally besides that um it's because Stephen Moffat left, so there's a new direction with Doctor Who since 2005. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyways, what I was going to say is that I, I, I stopped watching a year after Capaldi started. Interesting. I stopped watching after uh, Clara went. It's one of those things where I would love to get back into it, but I just don't have the time. Yeah. I really, really want to. I miss it terribly sometimes. The feels. The feels. Yeah, it's so good. Uh... My first episode of Doctor Who was actually Blink. Oh, wow. Wow, the best. Easily. It's, which is a great onboarding episode. The oh, Doctor yeah. is barely in it. It's it's a... It, that was my first episode, and it was... I, I don't I don't remember when it was. It was a long time ago, suffice it to say. Because it was like early David Tennant, so it was like yeah, it, it was early David Tennant. So it was it was in the sevens or the eight. It was in the it was in the aughts. It was definitely in the aughts. <laughs> I don't like jump scares i freaking hate jump scares yeah jump scares suck but this was horror this was what you can really do with suspense if you need yeah. to with just a little susan of sci-fi it hit me in all the right ways it, it touched the like all the perfect little pleasure centers of my brain and from that point on i was like oh i would like to see more of this and so i went and looked up the 2005's restart, the first of the new series, and watch through the Christopher Eccleston stuff and moisturize me, moisturize me. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched through all that stuff and, and I just, I became a fan. I liked it. Yeah. And so at one point, I even tried to go back and watch the original stuff, like the 1950s stuff. Yeah, it's a different, it's a It is totally a very different, different feel. Yeah. Because entertainment was very different back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember. I was around back then. That was a really long time ago. <laughs> I'm 255 years old, and don't you forget it. Sure. I will. No uh, offense. Vampire? Highlander? You decide. <laughs> entertainment was real different back then. Supposedly, it was originally supposed to be an instructional TV show, or not. It was supposed to be a... That's not the right word. It was supposed to teach kids science. Yes, thank you. Which is interesting, because uh, not not science, sorry, history. It's supposed to teach kids history. It went from that to quasi fantasy science, and the Doctor being an action hero. I think it was like within a couple of episodes actually that that happened because the Daleks came in very early. Yeah, I mean, oh, exterminate. What's his, what's his name? Peter David. That's not right. What's his name? The one with the uh, the celery stick. Oh gosh, because he was he was like the first action hero. He's the fourth Doctor, I believe. Is he? Is yeah, right? Celery Stick, I think, was the fourth Doctor. Um, or was that the Scarf Guy? Oh, God. A scarf Guy is fifth, I believe. Whovians, send answers to my questions to at uh, RFEDpod on Twitter. <laughs> December <laughs> will get back to me. <laughs> is it bad? I was going to say Tom Collins, and I was like, that's just not right. <laughs> that's just a cocktail. <laughs> that is a cocktail. Oh, actually, I was at a bar mm -hmm. in Brooklyn because... Because why the heck not? Not during the pandemic, obviously, but before that, long before that. And it is a Doctor Who-themed bar. Love that. And they have on the menu the Sonic Screwdriver. Love it. The Tenth Doctor Sonic Screwdriver, which has blue Curacao, because the Tenth the, the tenth Doctor's... Uh, um, Sonic Screwdriver is blue. Sonic Screwdriver has a blue light on it. Mm -hmm. The Eleventh Doctor has Midori. Because this, the 11th Doctor has green light on their screwdriver. Sure. One of the other drinks on the menu was called an alien brain hemorrhage. <laughs> okay. Where it's blue curacao, a shot of Bailey's, which curdles immediately upon oh, contact. God. And then a shot of grenadine to drop through and make it look like the brain is bleeding. Yeah. It is not a tasty cocktail. It is very, uh. very unpleasant. It's a novelty drink. Yeah. This is back in the days when I still socially drank alcohol because it was expected of me. Since sure. then, I have realized that, oh, I don't like alcohol. I'm just not going to drink. Yeah, that's great. Good for you. And it's much better for my wallet that I don't have to pay for drinks now. Oh, yeah. 
And you even get free soda from the bar because you're the designated driver, so it's nice. Oh, is that how that works? Some places. Some I've places. never gotten free soda being the designated driver. Just have to ask. By the way, I was right. It's Peter Davison. Or Davidson. Davidson? Davison? And he is the fifth doctor. You were right. Uh, the fourth doctor is the scarf one. That's Tom Baker, not Tom Collins. Sorry. Don't get angry at me. He is the beloved doctor from classic Doctor Who. The fifth doctor is actually David Tennant's favorite doctor because it, it came his, up in an episode. His father-in-law, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I th he, yeah he's married to... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which is bizarre. Did you ever see the uh, Doctor Who movie in the 90s, in the late 90s? No, I did not. The one with... Uh, God, what's his name? Paul... Paul... McGann? Nope. Oh, wow. It was really weird. <laughs> it was cool, but it was really weird. But it was cool. I mean, good for them. It really propped up the idea of Stephen Moffat taking Doctor Who and rebooting it in 2005 and starring Christopher Eccleston in it. You know, actually, you know how students will sometimes bring teachers gifts on holidays and at the ends of the year? Yeah. One of the gifts that Jin got for me when they were my student mm -hmm. is a weeping angel with positionable arms. Oh. <laughs> I opened that baby up and it, sit, it sat on my desk every day and every day it would be in a different position. Oh, I love that. And I was just waiting for that one kid in the class to know what the heck that was and to realize that it was moving. <laughs> and that child would get a piece of candy because <laughs> that's an extra point right there. I always did keep snacks in my desk because nice. every once in a while you do get a student who just doesn't have, they don't qualify for the free and reduced lunch and they don't have the lunch of their own and that they're yeah. hungry or you get kids in high school especially that just don't eat yeah i worry for these kids you know yeah. they're, they're gonna waste away like here have have some crackers enjoy with my blessing that's really nice of you <laughs> go fetch <laughs> throw some down the hallway no i don't treat students like dogs <laughs> That's very altruistic of you. Good for you. With the Ritz crackers, I mean. I know you're not supposed to have food at all in the lab, but I still try and keep, like, energy bars in my desk. You gotta eat. Now I'm getting hungry just thinking about all this. <laughs> well, we've gone on a little bit longer than I kind of anticipated that we would. We sort of chewed up some scenery. Yeah, but that's okay. You know what? Why don't we just call it there? Is there anything else we need to plug? We've talked about Jin and Desombra's stream. We've talked about five-star reviews, and we'll use your name mm -hmm. as future NPCs. Yeah. Or in the characters' backstories. Yeah. I know that Desombra has agreed to use people in Greg's backstory. I know that Lena has agreed to let people be lovable scamp orphans in her backstory. <laughs> Sounds really specific. Can I get you on the record, allowing people to be used in yours? Yeah, sure. Sweet. All right, so give us a five-star review, and you could be a rich boarding school kid that Banked had a problem with. I literally thought you were speaking to me for like half a second, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> But yes, I'm sure that you could be one of Banks' um, rich, snobby, arty friends who <laughs> went to the same richy rich business boarding school that Banked went to. Now that I know you're taking business classes, I'm going to ask more of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, it's funny. That's all I can think of is Macaulay Culkin and Richie Rich in the beginning with the, uh, oh my with, gosh. Uh, with the Bueller Bueller guy. Were What's you even name? alive when that movie came out? Uh, I think uh, that was 1999. It was? My gosh, it feels like much longer ago. I'm assuming. No, Macaul no, that was much earlier than that. Richie Rich. 1994. 1994. Yeah. What's five years between friends? I grew up on that movie. I watched it so many times. So in my defense. Really? Yeah. I don't know. We, we loved Macaulay Culkin in my house growing up because we were all uh, Nutcracker fans and he was in the Nutcracker. And then Home Alone. We loved Home Alone. And there was something else he was in. What else was he in? Uh, he was in that, uh, the Dua Diddy Diddy Dum Diddy Do. <laughs> yeah. You know, that movie. <laughs> Dua Diddy Diddy Dum Diddy Do. That one. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Is it is it My Girl? Yes, My Girl. Wow. Remember that movie? Bizarre. Yes, I do. Not fondly, but I remember that movie. Apparently he was also an Uncle Buck. I, I think this is as good a place as any to call it. After all, we can't stay on too long or our listeners are going to miss out on the stream. Okay, so we'll end it here. I will catch you later, Scott, and we will catch you later, listeners. 
tonight, I guess. At 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you in the chat. Twitch.tv slash phantomquill. Okay, bye! Thank you for listening to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, additional sound effects courtesy of zapsplat.com, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. Find more of his work on Twitter at John Bliss Art. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident Mushroom Jin, who streams on twitch.tv slash phantomquip. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, Sombra. You can find all of our social media handles and full show notes on our website, rfedpod.com.